This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take it to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I am Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn as well as the CEO of Coolmarch, digital marketing for the pest and lawn industries. And with me is my better colleague, my esteemed colleague, my mentor, my all, Mr. Dan Gordon. Can you say good morning? <laughs> Introduce yourself. Well, that's quite, a, quite an introduction. <laughs> I'll take it, though. Um, good morning. So, Anyway, we do these earlier and earlier each morning, so I know that uh, you know you're you're right on the you know right on the cutting edge here. So uh, why don't you introduce our topic? Uh, it's actually a really good topic. It's uh, it's uh, you know I want to call it you know you have management 101. This is management 201. But uh, go yes. ahead, why don't you introduce? Yeah, talk yeah, about that. We are we are absolutely recording this very early in the morning, and and Dan and I are very different in that I'm probably at my best super super early, and I think Dan is more of a night night person. Is that fair, Dan? Would you would you agree with well, that? I'm kind of a midday person, actually. Midday guy. Uh, yeah. I, I I I'm in bed early. I wake up early, but it takes a while to get the cobwebs out. <laughs> midday, I'm really pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, well, today our topic. And, and by the way, this is this is a topic that I think is a fantastic topic because I don't think there's a whole lot on there, and I do think it's the key. That the topic is is called inspect what you expect, the key to excellence. And so the whole idea behind today's episode is talking through how do you achieve and how do you scale operational excellence. And and you know a lot of times when you when we talk about this, I think a lot of folks are dialed into what's happening with their technicians, which is which is true. Uh, but the episode today is going to mainly be concerned with, you know, a lot more than just what's happening out in the field. Right. It's also what's happening with your sales, what's happening with your admin, as well as what's happening in the office in general. Um, and so I'm excited about today's topic. I, I'm excited because I have some recent experiences that have taught me. And and, and by the way, just for our listeners, I have to put this disclaimer out there. You know, sometimes I get tickled because I'll have someone call me and they'll ask me a question. And I think they think because I talk on this podcast that somehow, some way I've got it all figured out. And and I absolutely don't. And and this is one of the reason I'm talking about this today is because I actually fumbled this one, screwed it up. And and we are getting back to a place where this is this is front and center. And I'm just seeing the benefits immediately in our business. And so. So if you don't think I am, um, well, let me, put, let me rephrase that. If you think that I am less than intelligent, you are absolutely correct. And I'm just here to validate that now. So, all right. So what, I, I do have two things before we begin. The first thing, which has first not been today, is uh, <laughs> last week we did a, um, a um, our podcast was on, uh, uh, taxes, or maybe it was two weeks ago, or uh, on uh, you know what 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 happens if you get audited and whatnot. I got about three people who contacted me, and I had to listen to it again. And you might want to disclaim this. Uh, 
people thought you were a tax cheat because of something you said that, uh, you know, that you try to uh, get away with whatever you can. So I just want to make it clear that uh, if you're a tax cheat, um, I will bake you a cake and uh, with a file in it. And you can escape from jail or you can disclaim that now. And the second one is that today. They thought that I was a tax cheat. Is that what you're saying? Well, you got to go back and listen to that episode. You, oh, uh, boy. You know, oh you, boy. You, and, and it's funny because you and I know some some people who uh, definitely uh, take liberties. With oh, they thought it was me. They thought I was yeah. referring yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, that was not me. No. <laughs> so, that, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is this idea of inspect what you expect, which I think is brilliant because I asked Donnie this morning, is that a book? Is that a mantra from a book or one of the management systems that, uh, you know, and, and he said, no, I, I kind of came up with it myself. So if in a couple of years you hear that as like one of the oh, NBA journals, just remember the original source of where it came from. I told Donnie he should write a book around it, and he's told me that uh, he's done writing books. So anyway. Well, uh, for for all uh, the ladies out there, for all the ladies, I have actually read What to Expect When You're Expecting with My Wife. So if that's, if that's you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, the class is yeah, a little, so, yes, a little yes, backwards, so, but. Uh, yes, it did get a little backwards. But it, here's what I will say is no, I'm not a tax cheat. Yes, I try to be as clean as possible. And, and I will have to go back and listen to that episode because what I was insinuating is that Dan and I both have a lot of similar clients. And, and there are a few clients that we both know that I would say they definitely use every and all available strategies to minimize their taxes so that i am not one of those i should say i every legal i do but outside of legal no i don't i don't get close to the line i, I don't want the irs uh, in any way shape or form wondering what i'm doing or if what i'm doing is legal so with that let's get into let's get started yes getting to inspecting what you expect yeah, I thought this would be a great topic to talk about because, you know, one of the things that we have done on this podcast that we've talked about, and, and, and by the way, you know, we're not, this is not new. There's nothing new under the sun in my mind, um, but, but, it's, but it's difficult. And what I mean by that is that we all know what it takes to lose weight. The majority of people know what it takes to lose weight, right? It's move more, eat less, but somehow, some way we, we tend to complicate it. Uh, we tend to come up with excuses, we, you know, whatever that is. When, when something's hard, we tend to find other ways of, of explaining away the discipline that it takes to make it really work. And, you know, one of our guests, we've had two particular guests that, that entered, well, that is part of this topic that I can think of. One of them was our EOS CEO, and I'm trying to remember his name. Do you remember his name, Dan? It was Mark something. Okay, EOS guy. How's that? We had U.S. guy on, CEO of U.S., which uh, was great. And we also had Michael Gerber from uh, EMA. And, and both of these, you know, both of these guys as well, you know, what they, what they talk about is this whole idea of systematizing your business through standards, through checklists, and through procedures. And we're not going to spend much time on this today. We all know that this is what you need to do. You need to take the time to, to think through what those are. You need to take time to update those, keep them clean. Uh, audit them and make sure that they're constantly evolving. 
I think all of these things are important. But if there's one thing I've learned, and I've even learned this as of late, you know, you can do all of these things and, and actually still miss, meaning that you can have standards, you can write checklists, you can have procedures, you can do all those things and still not be able to scale or fully systematize your business. And so that is kind of what I wanted to talk about is that, you know, in the, in the case of, you know, even, you know, the sitting down and thinking through like, okay, this is the standard. Here are the procedures to do that. Here's a checklist. You can, you can spend all your time doing all of that and still miss as a business, not able, you know, not being able to scale this. And Dan, obviously given our topic, why would that be? First of all, if you've seen this, this, this happened at Triangle, by the way, as of late. This is one of the reasons that we're talking about this. Well, but. You know, you can lay out the strategy. You can uh, come up with all the checklists. You can do everything you want, but execution is key. Um, and if you can't execute, then, um, you know, all of that is for naught. The reason the, 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 the checklists and the standards and the procedures are the tools to execute. But executing, you know, you can know everything about baseball, but when you step in and, you know, uh, somebody's pitching to you, can you hit it, you know, can, can you get a basic, can you get a home run, whatever. And and that's key. And, and it's kind of interesting because we've, uh, you know, one of, one of the uh, larger companies that we visited, um, we asked, you know, that they're free with, the, the, the beauty of this industry is everybody shares. And um, sometimes you wonder, geez, you're, you're sharing your trade secrets. Why are you doing this? And the reply is, we can share all the trade secrets. The question is, can you execute? And I think execution is 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 key. Was Absolutely. that the right answer, Donnie? It was. And and I mean, I'll okay. just stop name drop. No, I don't mind no. name dropping because I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The company that Dan's talking about is massive. They uh, they are fantastic at executing. Um, and and I've said that all along. I mean, if, if there's one thing you can be impressed with when it comes to massive, is if you go and visit them and you can watch what they do. I mean, those, those guys, they get after it. It's good. And there are more companies. It's not just Massey, right? It's just the example that he was using. But, but you know, getting back to this whole idea of having standards, checklists, and procedures, these are all things that we all know. You know, the idea behind all of that is that you are able to scale and produce a specific result each and every time. Now, when we're dealing with people, right, it, it, there's, a, there's an issue with this, and that is, we don't always follow the checklist. <laughs> we don't always follow the procedure. We may understand the standards. We may not understand the standards. You know, there's there's training that goes into this as well. But you know, the miss comes, and, and this is what I talked about. You know, you can have all these things and still the miss comes when you fail to inspect what that person is doing. And so let's let's get into this a little bit because I think this is important. You know, the, I guess the main point, if you're to take anything away from this podcast, is that if you need to make sure that you have a system to manage the systems, you know, and, and, and here at Triangle, our system is, is that, you know, everyone gets inspected. I don't care what you, you know, what you do. I don't care what your job is. It could be finance even. You know, you're going to get inspected. And, and this is something that I learned back from in, in, in my flying days. Um, well, I still fly, but I'm talking about military flying. Um, 
I never knew this, but there's a, but when I got into flying, I was going through training. I thought, hey, you go through your instructor side, you everything's good to go. It doesn't quite work that way. In, in, the, in the pilot community, you have, um, they're not called departments, but I'll use the word department just on this side because it makes more sense to people. But we had this department, it was called Stanabow. So it was standards and evaluations. And they were completely separate from the operational chain. They did not report to the ops officer. They didn't report to the commander. They, they were their own separate thing. And their whole job was to fly with the pilot. And they didn't know the pilot. They had a book. They had a checklist. And their job was to make sure that when I was flying, that I followed procedures. I knew the checklist. I could operate an airplane. And, and I, you know, the older I got, the more I realized the wisdom in that, because, you know, when you are kind of in the day to day and you're, you know, you're looking at someone and let's just say you've been working with them a lot, you have a little bit of emotional investment either way. But, but the fact is, is that you need some third party way to validate that what you're producing and training, what you have in terms of standards, what you have in terms of checklists and procedures, all of those things come together at the right time to produce the result that you want. And so an example of that would be, you know, you go out in the field. I personally had this happen um, just last week, actually. Um, so I decided I was gonna go out in the field with one of my techs in one of our branches. And so, as you can imagine, everyone loves it when I go out in the field because I always come back with 10,000 ideas. It's just how I, how I roll. I'm out in the field and we have, a, we have standards, we have checklists, we have procedures. And this is a fairly seasoned guy. And we get out and he starts doing the service. And, and Dan, can you imagine how the service went as far as the checklist is concerned? Any guesses? Uh, I'm going to guess that uh, you probably drove him crazy. Most um, likely. Probably not he as probably didn't did know half of what was on the checklist because you probably <laughs> um, edited it. That's probably the way it went. But I wasn't there, so I don't know. Well, you're close. You're close. I mean, and by the way, I am not being critical of my folks whatsoever, right? When when I go out and 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 I'm you know, and I and I do think as a leader, you need to go out on the front line. You know, it, the best way to get unfiltered, untethered data is for you to actually get off and get out of your office and go and see what's happening. And I wasn't critical of this guy at all. It's for me, it's a way for me to take a, you know, to really get a litmus test as to, you know, you know, we have all of these things that we do, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't translate what's actually happening in the field. In this case, you're right. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he kind of knew some of the checklists. He kind of knew some of the procedures. In the end, it came out all right. But in my mind, there was still a lot left on the table. Um, and so, so, you know, so bringing it back, it's, you know, that whole idea of me inspecting, that created a lot of ideas. It also created a lot of areas in my mind that we could improve. And that's getting back to this whole idea of, you know, scaling excellence and the value of, of getting out in the field just to inspect what you expect. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure you can probably do a fantastic service. I'm sure you can probably do great over the phone. I'm sure you can sell you know, better than anyone else. But if you can't scale it and you can't manage it and you can't repeat it, you basically don't have a system, right? You have a, 
in this case, Dan Gordon business, right? You have, you know, you're, you are the business and that's pretty much it. And you will never, you will fail to grow. And so when you scale excellence, right, it's, you know, you got to build the system, you've got to manage, and then you have to have a system, manage the systems, and that's where inspections come in. So I have a question for you, Dan. Before I just want to go back to the comment you made about having a Dan Gordon business. I think we do pretty well, right? But, <laughs> yeah. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that. It's yes, yes, I know what you mean. Don't, 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 don't be offended. Yes, it's the idea that you, you know, the business is all about the owner. You know what I mean? Like it's the owner that is the business. There's not much outside of the owner because there's not anything that can scale legitimately. So, so coming back to my question to you, Dan, have you seen any businesses that in your mind that scale extremely well? And if so, why do you think they scale? extremely well. When I'm talking about scaling, I'm talking about operationally speaking. Yeah, so so it, it's interesting. Um, you know, um, probably the quickest growing pest control companies are the door-to-door -door companies because they send so many people out and um, put on so many accounts. And some of them execute really well and are able to scale it and grow from a million to 5 million to 10 million to 20 and 30 beyond. And some get to that couple million dollar mark and operationally they just fall apart they can't handle it and the and ones that we know <laughs> and, and they sell and they sell for cheap because they're yeah. in trouble right yeah. Um, yeah but the ones that are are built to last or you know they may sell in the future but they're going to get a good valuation but but what we see is that they have established systems procedures policies um they understand how to scale. They understand how to duplicate, uh, you know, success. And uh, we see that over and over again, like the Fox guys, well, you know, we've, we've had both of them on. Uh, what an operation that they have, but they are, you know, they, they care just as much about operations as sales, uh, right. as finance, as everything. So everything is a system. And um, so, you know, we, uh, I definitely see that. And I definitely see businesses that are, you know, I don't know how these guys sleep at night, but, you know, because it's just, you know, there's just too much chaos going on. But, you know, uh, if, if if you read some of the, the best business books, uh, you know, uh, organization comes out of chaos, but uh, some of that chaos is pretty chaotic, so. Well, nothing drives innovation like desperation, right? That's what I always say. So let's get back to, so so now that you've kind of made this case that yes, I think everyone who listens to the podcast probably understands you gotta have system checklists and procedures. You, you need to have a system to manage the systems. The next obvious question comes to, well, how do you do this, right? How do you create this ability, this system to manage your systems? And I mean, I put together this quick little list. I'm happy to throw it up on the website and, and show notes, but but you know, it's really going through kind of your own checklist to make sure that number one, you're set up to actually do this. And 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 I think principle number one is is that everyone, and I absolutely mean 100 percent mean everyone in the business should have a number. That's 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 the first principle. And I know that sounds obvious. It's super easy with technicians. I know for us, we're very, very good at, at you know, at leveraging our technicians as well as our frontline staff 
when it gets into management upper leadership and in some of these offshoot positions, like you think about admin or a billing coordinator or whatever, that's a little bit more difficult. And oftentimes it's overlooked, but, but at the end of the day, everyone should have a number. That's principle number one. Principle number two, and, and this is going back to what we talked about before, everyone, meaning every person should have procedures and they should have standards that they come to. When, you know, Dan and I, we were down at Massey, how long ago was that, Dan? Was it a year? Has it been a year already? October. It was October. It's when I caught COVID for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you have landmarked that experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So we were down there and, and it was really cool. You know, one of the things they brought out was they, they brought out a standards sheet for every single position that they had. And that standard sheet, that I don't do you remember this sheet, Dan? Like how it was all laid out? It was the thing I liked about it that it wasn't over overly verbose. It was one page, it was super clear, and it was kind of standardized. And so this whole idea that, you know, number one, everyone should have a number. Number two, everyone should have standards. And and hopefully a checklist back when that's really number three, what I'm getting to now. And now is a checklist with procedures on how they can achieve those standards. And so number one, everyone has a number. Number two, everyone has standards. Number three, there's a checklist with procedures that that basically allows people to achieve those standards. Now, this is where most people stop. And this is why we're doing this episode. You know, the number four part of it in, in terms of how you do it is that everyone should be periodically inspected. Now, this is something that's very difficult to do. Any guesses as to why this is difficult, Mr. Gordon? And by the way, this is my opinion before you even start this, why I think it's difficult. Maybe, maybe a better question for you, Dan. Any guesses to why I think this is difficult for most businesses to do? Getting people to do what you want them to do. Once you lock them in and, and get them um, to commit to following a process, um, now they've committed, right? Now that now they're, uh, you know, there's no excuses and so that that's the thing right so uh if you have if everybody has a number my salespeople have a number that they have to hit for the the month my technicians have a production number that they have to hit for the month um you know it you know it, it turns the it turns your uh job performance into a very binary yes or no as opposed to well maybe you know um right you know, so I think that that's that's important. But um, give us some examples of some of the numbers that you give CSRs or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me let me just stop and put a disclaimer here. Um, number one. I think this is very difficult to do. You know, if you're a larger business right now and you're listening to this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so basic. Yes, this is. I don't even know why I'm wasting my time listening to this. Let me just say this. So triangle is and this is not bragging at all this is you know we are an eight digit pest control company Heston long we're not a small company you know we're not an extremely large company but we're not a small company and <clears throat> what that's turned into is that i look at a lot of big picture numbers you know what i mean like i i'm looking at just the the, the basics of the basics because i can't get into every little detail of the business and the problem becomes is that over time you know, these small things that typically that got you where you're at, if you just look at the big picture numbers, 
there's easy ways for your basically for your service to start eroding and your excellence to start eroding. And this is how you take a nice little turn towards mediocrity is because, and I'm not saying that you as the owner has to be the one that's in those details, but I think that you absolutely need to be part of this inspection process. Like you need to be down on the front line, seeing that, you know, what got you where you're at now is still happening. And, and I'm mentioning this because this is, I mean, I'm a, I'm a victim of this as a victim that I allowed this to happen you know I'm, and recently you know we were we, trying what have been doing fantastic we've, we've had great years I mean for a number of years um and but I have recently kind of come back and I'm, I'm more in the business than I've been in the past and when I went out to the front line I know the things that got us where we're at they're not happening and and so my point here is is that we were we were starting to miss on a few things and this is where it happened. And so, so getting back to why is this difficult to do? I think it's because the larger you get, the easier, I mean, this is like, you know, the whole idea between urgent and important. This is, you know, inspecting your folks, inspecting, you know, what's happening as far as checklists, inspecting how an actual service is done. Is that ever urgent? <laughs> now, go, go back to, so uh, you, you, uh, what you said was very theoretic. What is it that you saw that you say, well, we got to go back to basics. What is it that you, was it that the service protocols were not being followed? What is it that, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, there are, at the end of the day, if you're super, super dialed into your numbers, there are no secrets. You know, sometimes people say, well, as you get larger, you just have to accept more inefficiency. I don't 100% buy that, but I started to see it in our gross margin. I started to see it in our payroll. And I'm like, why is it? And, and now, you know, back when we were smaller, I mean, it would be like a five, six, seven percent difference. You know, like, what are we doing? Now it's like half percent, percent, maybe two or three. And when you start seeing stuff like that, it's, yeah, you know, you're bigger and you, you know, you're making money and everything's fine. There's nothing, there's no, freaking dumpster fire to put out right it's just like eh, we're not we're not quite you know as lean and as sharp as we used to be and that's kind of tipped me off like i need, I need to go and see why why is this right just just trying to figure out like why why is this off just slap so that was what kind of started it and then from there you know that drove into more and more like oh you know like an onion right <laughs> Why do we do this? Oh, why are we well, doing this? so so let's separate the 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 uh, operational inefficiencies from inflation, right? Your materials went up. There's nothing you can do about that. You can raise your prices to counteract it, and we, you know, we've talked about that um, quite a bit. But what is it that uh, was inefficient? Um, and again, labor, yeah. you know, the inflation. Because the discussion right now, if we had this discussion a year ago, I think you'd be able to pick apart some of that, but right now you've got all of these different uh, uh, challenges and one of them is inflation and there's nothing you can do about prices going up other than raising your prices. And uh, Well, that's true. And, you know, and that's a really good point. And I think it is a great disclaimer for some folks who may be listening. In our case, we had ran two price increases um, almost to the, to the tune of 20%. You know, by the time we we're all said and done, and, and you know, Dan and you and I talked about this before, where everyone says, "Oh, the CPI is eight point six percent." If you pull it out for our industry, it's more like around sixteen percent. 
I did one for 10% and then I did another for 10% and we were still not quite there in gross margin. We were still two percentage points off. And that was like, for me, like, okay, something's going on. This is, Cause you can't, you, you can't keep going to the well, right? I mean, at some point you kind of have to like, all right, Take inflation out and at the end of the day, percentages don't change. And in fact, I think you said that day, I'm like, I don't do a cost study every year because those percentages, if you're doing it right, they just don't change. Now you have to make adjustments, you know, with the dollar amounts, you know, you gotta keep up with inflation. But the fact of the matter is, is that, and I would say that's even for size, there's gonna be some movement of the numbers, but at the end of the day, you know, gross margin for a really large company really shouldn't be that much different than gross margin for a smaller company. Now, marketing expenses will. You know, if you're a fast grower and you're trying to gross grow your business. Gross margin for a one-man operation or for Orkin and Terminex should be the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and I mean, and I think you know, that's the key. This part. is what it costs to do. This is what it costs to produce your product. Your product is one hour of service. Now, the marketing and admin and everything else under the line, that that changes with the size. But But gross margin should be, you know, it should be rock solid no matter what size you are. Yeah. So, so the how here is, is that, you know, number one, everyone has a number. Number two, every position has standards. Number three, every position has a checklist with procedures. And then number four, everyone is periodically inspected. Now the cadence of that, you know, that can depend on the position, it depends on your staffing. But, but the idea here is, is that that's a system too, right? And someone's accountable to it. Someone's responsible. Here at Triangle, we have a, we have a, you know, a, a basically a department that, that is a standabout. We don't, we don't call them that, but that's exactly what they is, what they do. And, you know, they go in the field, they go and talk to managers and they go in the office and, 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 you know, they are inspecting our folks. And, and I want to be very clear when I talk about these inspections, this is not a, don't ever, ever do this. If you go out and do an inspection, it's really, you should not call them an inspection, first of all. Second of all, you need to train your folks that if they're going to do this, this is not a gotcha. You know, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. It really should be a kind of a coaching session, right? You go out and you look at where you're at. Number one, it validates your systems because if someone on the front line is not doing something, what is that telling you? What it's telling you is that either you're not, your training system's broken or your, your, you know, your accountability system is broken. It's, you know, very rarely, now I'm not saying this is impossible, but very rarely is it the person. Most people don't come to work and say, well, how am I going to escape out of there, right? Most people, if you give them like, here's your number, here's what you want to do, and you get them excited, the right people, of course, I'm not telling you there are people out there like that. I'm not trying to be idealistic, but, but the fact is that most people, if you make it super clear and you make it black and white, they want to do a good job. And so if you roll out on the front line or you, you're doing these inspections and people aren't, they're not following that's feedback for you that you got work to do in other areas of the business. And so, so the whole idea is that, you know, get out of your office, you know, and, and get into the field. And, and I am talking about owners and regardless of your size, I'm not saying that, and I'm not, you know, being all preachy here. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying it's probably more to myself than anyone. I have learned so much since I've started doing this, but, but, you know, getting it back to the inspection itself is make sure that you coach and that you don't condemn. I think that's a really important part because people come to trust you and they, they you know, it's, it's getting more buy-in. You don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, such and such here to inspect me. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a super, super negative thing. So anyway, so, so getting back to the four-step process, the last part is, you know, the system to manage the systems. And so 
you know, the cadence that you would do for your positions would, would really depend on online, the position. Like, you know, for our managers, it's probably once a quarter. For our frontline staff, it's at least once a month. Um, and then for your upper leadership, I mean, that's kind of, you're you're with them a lot. And, and so, you know, that would probably like once every quarter to once every year, that, that would be that cadence. And so um, the whole idea though is, is that you need to view these inspections as a system and you need to manage it as a system as a system if you don't have it because the reality of it is is that there's never going to be you know it, it's like the magazine that gets sent to you most people who get magazines sent to them you know what they do with them they throw them to the side and they're going to read them when they have time right they're going to read them when they have time I got and, a whole pile is, of radio. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's you know and, and i would say this is you know, and it's kind of unfortunate, right? Because a lot of people talk about the importance of, you know, getting your standards, procedures, and your checklists in place, but very few people talk, and this is the part that makes it work, right? Very few people talk about the system to manage the systems. And I think that absolutely is how you scale excellence. You know, we're, when we're talking about, you know, how do we do this? Yes, step one is building that infrastructure. And step two is the system to make all that stuff come alive and to mean something. And so if you're not doing that, you know, again, I don't want to sit here and belabor at this point. Um, you know, this, this episode is all about, number one, introducing the idea. And number two, just reinforce the importance of having a system that manages your system. Um, and then number three, just walk you through how to do it. And so, Dan, any, any hey, other Let me thought? ask you, yeah, let me ask you a question on that. So before, when, when we, you, you opened this up, you said when you fly to... You know, you, you are flying a plane, you've got these systems or these these uh, things that are outside the normal system to, to check on things. So all of these uh, ride-alongs and or inspections, are they part of your HR files or no? In other words, if, if you find something going wrong, does that go into HR or is it? Okay, they're not. That, that, that no. to make that point. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think... You, you've mentioned this before. I think you do this at PCL. We certainly do it here at Triangle. You know, everyone has a scorecard. Every position has a scorecard. And this was one of the big changes I made just this year. Now, on that scorecard, everyone has a, an, an inspection component as part of that scorecard. So that goes into your overall score. And so how you do on your inspection, it's not like fatal, but it means something, right? And that gets tied to bonuses. That gets tied to you know, how do you stack up against other people who are in your position? And so, you know, I think the, the key part of that is, is that everyone has an inspection component as part of their scorecard, but I'm not looking to create an HR event out of this. I'm really looking for just being, you know, on the field with that player and being like, hey, you know, let's let's look at this now. Let's look at this. You know, how are we doing here? And, and you know, sometimes it's, it's you know, you do these inspections, you're like, wow. And, this person is killing it and, and they're doing great and they totally get it. Um, but it's a good way, you know, in my mind to really validate what you're doing in terms of strategy, in terms of training, you know, all the things at the end of the day, it's, it has to come together there on the front line. And if you're not able to do that, then it's a good time to sit back and say, well, what, what are we missing here? And so again, this is all about, you know, chasing excellence and just understanding where it is that, that your systems are working and where they are not working. And, and you know, again, these inspections, in my mind, a great way to identify that. Um, so, okay. 
I'm done with my soapbox here. This maybe this whole episode has been done in soapbox. I don't know, but <laughs> no, I, I, I think it, it, it's a very theoretical discussion. But essentially, what you're, you're I, I think what you're driving home is that you can't scale a, a business without system processes and procedures. You got to put those into place. But once you go and you take a look at these, you know, do your inspection. You've got these checklists. Some of the boxes are checked. Some of them aren't. And you've got to know what to do with that list and say, okay, the boxes that aren't checked, how do we get them checked in the future uh, in order to um, duplicate efforts, right? The, if When you scale a business, it's basically just duplicating a job function or multiple job functions. And if you can do it for one, you can do it for a hundred. Um, but that's that's the trick, right? I can't tell you how many, it's funny, these private equity firms are uh, um, you know, all trying to get into pest control and all trying to build, and they're all trying to find CEOs for their business. And they're all grabbing these guys who are four to $5 million companies who sold. Well, if you ran a company that's four to $5 million, um, you know, for 10 years or 15 years, you probably made a very good living, but you didn't take it to a hundred million. And there's a big right. difference. And that's, that's the key, right? So that's what, what makes you worth your salt. Can you take it? you know, uh, as far as you want. By the way, four or $5 million is nothing to sneeze at. You can make, you know, probably, you know, 800 to a million dollars a year in profit. And if that's your lifestyle, that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. But growing a hundred million dollar business is a whole lot different than a $5 million business. So, you know. And I think this is probably one of the keys of doing that is, you know, this whole idea of scale and scaling, you know, excellence. It's just that, you know, again, the, the, the key part of this episode is just remember, you need a system to manage the systems and your system is to validate your systems. And the way that you do that are through inspections. And, you know, getting back to my example I used about with flying, you know, it, it absolutely, if you if you hooked a check ride, like, you know, you went out on these standing hill guys and you didn't, make, I mean, it was a big deal. Like you got grounded, you didn't fly because they were not there to say, well, Donnie's the best or Donnie's the worst. They just were there to say, Donnie followed it and he's safe or he didn't. And it was really that simple. Um, so some tools before we finish out here and then we're gonna be done that you can use to do this. Um, you can keep it simple. You can use Google Forms to do that, create a standardized form. If you're gonna do an inspection, I would not make it, um, I would not make it a secret. I would, I would share with people the things that you're gonna be inspecting on. I know for us here, we look at checklist items. We look at critical things that they perform in their job. Um, and then one piece of software, which I sh we should probably bring these guys on that we're using right now, at least for our technicians, is a software called IntelliShift, which you can build inspections into that. People have to take pictures of their trucks. I and mean, if you spend any time with me, you know I like clean vehicles. It's something that I look at on every single inspection that I go on. Um, and it's a, you know, again, there's several tools out there that you can use to help manage and scale this part of your business. But I think the main thing is, is that first and foremost, as an owner, you have to make this a priority and make it part of your culture and part of your, you know, your strategy to scale over the long term. So, all right, Dan, anything before we finish out here on this last that's topic? That's it. Inspections? I think that's it. All a very right. theoretical discussion, but if you can. Uh, I would you know, unpack it. It's not very theoretical. <laughs> We're very you much can unpack it and, and, and you know, uh, take some of the action points. I think that uh, it will help to improve your business. There's no doubt about it. And, and, and
and just bring it back where we started. I am not a tax cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got to go listen to that episode. It's oh, uh, I got three or four episode. emails. Said, oh, uh, you know, oh, you know, we're going to put you in the witness protection program. Yeah. So, yes. So. Something. Who knows? All right. Just a reminder that all, right. all the resources and topics we talked about. Um, on today's podcast, as well as all the previous podcasts that were done, they're all available on pmpindustryinsider.com. Just look under show notes. And as always, we appreciate any and all ratings and reviews that you can provide for the podcast, however it is that you consume the podcast. We do appreciate those. And with that, we'll sign off and we will see you all next time. Take care. See ya. <laughs>